You're listening to the After The Show Movie Podcast from ascully.com. You can find this podcast on the iTunes Music Store, Google Play, YouTube, Voice Assistance, just say listen to After The Show Movie Podcast, and you can also find us on ascully.com where we post written reviews. With that out of the way, here are your hosts, Ascully and Sitok. Hello, Sid Talk. Hello. I am. Um, I've got that song in my head now. I've got five on it. No. From this movie. Don't. Just move on. <laughs> move on. No songs so stuck is, in people's what heads. What is your before the after the show stuff? <laughs> this movie, pretty much, we were talking about. If a movie's... A movie really, must, only this movie. Movie must be good if you end up talking about it. Right? I agree. I mean, there must be something about it if you talk about it straight after the movie. Yes, but then I'm quickly over it if I like it and get it out of your system. Well, you're you, quickly over movies always. Yeah, if you dislike it, that's when you like it kind of lingers or something. You have more to say because there's like, oh, how much did I dislike this movie? You know? Yeah. But when I like one, especially when I'm writing a review, I feel like there's less to say. I just want to say, just watch it. Yeah. I, Period. I've gone over like our podcasts and our longest podcasts are movies we really hate. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Um, you could probably determine how good a movie is from hate the length of the podcast. is a pod- strong word, by the way. Oh, there's some... I do hate some movies. For example, off, to, off topic here, but, I mean, you know. You know. You know what I hate. No. The Assignment. Okay, that was bad. Okay. <laughs> yes. How I think The Assignment's bad? the worst movie we've seen. I don't know about that, because that other one, The In Hot this- Pursuit... That was pretty bad. Hot Pursuit was also a bad movie. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but that's not what this podcast is about. No. For newcomers, one-timers, zero-timers, if you just accidentally stumbled across it, we don't just sit here and talk about what we were talking about or about bad movies. No. So, it is Saturday, June the 15th. This is after the show 586. It's actually Sunday the 16th. They don't care. This is when they we They don't care if it's the 15th it. either. Um, it is the weekend of Saturday, June the 15th, and this is after the show, number 586. The movie we're looking at this week is Us. It's a 2018 uh, movie. It's release, it releases on Blu-ray this upcoming Tuesday, so you can pick it up this week. It's rated R, and our friends at Universal sent us a copy for review. Sid Talk. Um, uh... Give us the synopsis of the movie, Us. I don't think I can. I don't think it's a, it's a synopsi, synop, synopsizable. Is that a word? Kind of a movie? Mm. Um, we're going to say right now... I could read will, you the back of the box. There will be spoilers throughout, and if you don't want to know anything... I really knew nothing other than we've seen the trailer. We've seen other Jordan Peele stuff, and therefore had that much information, but I did not really know the heart of this movie so that was good so if you don't want to know and you really just want to go into it you know fresh and virgin virginal 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 vaginal (laughs) no not vaginal (laughs) (laughs) without having seen it without ever having known anything about it watch it 
And then we- go back on your little device and zoom, zoom, zoom around and then click it and listen to this. Otherwise, we're going to tell you stuff that will not ruin it, I guess, for some people. But you, if you sit there knowing it, it's kind of like, oh, right. So We need a siren that goes off at this, ta- this time in the podcast each week. The spoiler alert siren. That sounds like old timey radio. Like, wah, 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 yeah. wah. When you hear the spoiler siren, alert, leave. Spoiler alert. Okay, well, I'll do that every week. <laughs> Wah, wah, wah. I can give you a quick synopsis of this okay. movie. This is off the back of the box. Fair enough. All right. So, Lapita, say a, I can't say a second name. I name. don't know it either. Nyong'o. I'm going for Lapita Nyong'o from 12 Years a Slave in brackets and Winston Duke, Black Panther in brackets. They're an endearing American family. And Was it pit- Lapita also in Black Panther? No. Oh. 12 Years a Slave. Yeah. Um, it's the lady from uh, Walking Dead was in Black Panther, right? No, I wasn't thinking of her. Oh, no, I don't think she... Well, maybe not. Maybe she was. Maybe Michonne, she was. I know you're talking about. No, not her. Um, I'll look it up. I don't think so. Because it would say, wouldn't it, on the back of this box? Because they seem to Yeah, like. you'd, th- you'd say. They're an endearing American family and are pitted against a terrifying and uncanny opponent. Doppelgangers of themselves. So there is kind of a spoiler on the back of the box. 2018, she was in Black Panther. So why wouldn't they put her brackets in brackets, <laughs> Black Panther? Instead of? 12 Years a Slave. Well, 12 Years a Slave, she got an Academy Award. Yes, true. Nomination or award, I'm not sure. but So that's kind of a big deal. That's a big, big deal. It's kind of a big deal. <laughs> All right, so we um, have seen Jordan Peele's other movie called Get Out. And we have a podcast review that you can go back and listen to. And I'm not speaking for you, but I will say what my opinion of that was, was I really enjoyed it up until the point, And then it was a bit too kind of hokey towards the end. That's what I didn't like. It went a bit too... You're making some crackling noise over there. It went a bit too out there at the end. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. It lost its credibility for you. And uh, that's why I didn't like it. Well, you can't. You just like the whole thing because of that. I like two thirds of it. Okay, that's fair. But then you know, people say I, I keep seeing things saying Get Out was the greatest horror movie of all time. Actually, this movie says it's the greatest horror movie of all time yeah. on the back as well. I see people saying, "Yeah, the best movie of the last ten years in the horror genre is Get Out." I totally disagree with that. And um, I mean, that's so subjective. It's like you can't even say that. Yeah, it's just I, subjective. You know, well, it's subjective, but in my opinion, it's not. And so many people think it is, and I didn't get from it exactly what everybody else did, I guess. Hmm. So you really liked it, I think? I did really like it. I really enjoyed it. I liked the whole the vibe, the look. I was creeped out a lot, which I always appreciate in any horror-type movie. We're I... talking about Get Out. Oh, I thought you were talking about this one. No, I was asking you what, what our history with Jordan Peele stuff. What did you oh. think of Get Out? Um, I, yeah, I enjoyed it also. It's just that it, the same thing, you kind of go, whoa, 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 whoa. We were on a nice, um, I'm not going to say believable, because it's like science fiction mixed with future science fiction mixed with alternate possibilities for human advancement, you know, that kind of thing. So you can't say it's realistic, but it's grounded as you go along in a very, you're going along like, okay, you know, everybody seems pegged down to some kind of reality. I understand the universe. I understand how physics work now in this world. Oop, I understand the kind of weird 
magic element to some degree that's going on here or whatever you want to call it. And then it's just like the people, the characters and the story fell apart a little bit. So it just like you, it trailed off, but it didn't make me dislike it as a whole. I just didn't understand quality wise why people thought it was so great other than the message and the emotional reaction. Yes, I can understand that. But if you showed it to somebody in a hundred years or 500 years from now, would it have the same impact? And the next thing we saw by Jordan Peele was the reboot of the twilight zone that is airing at the moment on CBS all access. We, um, I've seen like eight of the 10 episodes so far, I think. Some of them are written by him, some of them are not, but they all have an overall Jordan Peele kind of vibe to them. And what did I, te- what did I say just before this podcast to you? I, this is how I see that Twilight Zone, you know, 2019 version of Twilight Zone. It looks really good. There's some fantastic actors and acting in it. Some of the stories are interesting. Not all of them, but even the ones that are interesting, they don't particularly go anywhere or they are too heavy handed. There's like, there's like a line in it. There's like, oh, that was too heavy handed or this one. uh, It doesn't really make any sense. But again, subjective where your point of view and your life experience doesn't have right. But to say that it is heavy handed, it's just who knows? It might be the exact right amount of like, yeah, for somebody, you know. But, you know, they remade, let me give you an example. They remade the, you know, Terror at 30,000 Feet 1, the famous Twilight Zone 1. And we watched it, right? Mm-hmm. And it was well made, and it's good special effects, and the good plane crash was good. But then the ending, it was like, huh? You know? Yeah. It was like... And you're talking to us to a Twilight Zone... Uh, exactly. It's me. like I'm a Twilight Zone lover. It's like you remade one of the most famous episodes of Twilight Zone and somehow you made it not as good. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, somehow that's like probably the expectation is that it's not going to be as good. But it it follows in that Twilight Zone series. I've had the same kind of reaction to almost all of them of like, wow, this is really cool. Like maybe for about the first two thirds, like I said, for um, Get Out and then Oh, it's starting to fall apart at the end. I'm I'm kind of sorry about that because I, I I was enjoying it, you know. So, with us, which we're talking about today, the new film from Jordan not us, Peele. me and you, you and I, us, the movie. Yeah, um, yeah. I have the same reaction to this movie. Right. I think the first two thirds were, was a fantastic horror movie. I was. I think it's really good. I think it. I like the. You know. The beginning, it's like the family going out to the place. There's some really wi- standard horror movie fare. Yeah, but there's some real. I felt some realistic ban- banter. I hate that word. Well, that's just conversation. Realistic talk between the characters. Dialogue. It was quite funny. The dynamic between the family was good. Some stuff started to happen. It was suitably creepy. Good sound effects. Makes you jump a few times. And then the thing starts to happen. I was enjoying that even. There's, you know, this spoilers we've said already. There's some murders and it's crazy. And then it started to explain what was going on. And at the point it started to explain what was going on, it started to fall apart for me. I was like, like I said to you, I either want to know more, like I really want to know all of it, or I don't want to know just a little bit of what's happening. Because they, 
they don't fully explain what's happening, do they, in this movie? Mm. I mean, it is to me, but then your your interpretation is different. So that's why I'm saying it's subjective. Because I get what they're saying has happened. I understand the movie, but it's not satisfying enough. I'd almost rather not have any of that explanation towards the end at all and just have the It's too easy for your brain to find holes in the one or two sentences that we are told. Scientific experiment, government's doing this thing, it failed, they abandoned it, and now we've got this shitstorm of doppelgangers. <laughs> that is like, that's the bottom line. And then you are, you're, it's, it tells you that, and then you're sat there going, hold on, hold on, I, I'm trying to think in my head. Like, so there's one of more of everybody, right? Including right, that's me, what I'm saying. Your brain starts going, oh, let me figure this out. And yeah. before you know it, you are lost a little and bit. And before you know it, the movie's over, and it hasn't really told you that what's happening. Well, I know, we know what's happening, though. I'm not sure if that's a fair... We know what's happened. Yes. We just didn't get any visual clues about it. We didn't get to see any scientists with a clone laying on a table and some somebody going like, it's alive! <laughs> you know, like, we didn't see any um, origin story of what's happened. And but we understand what's happened. They tell us. And clearly, you know, you could revisit this story and have a whole thing on it, I, I think, but... The way it's the way he pulls off the ending in this movie, it's extremely unsatisfying to me. And the build up to it is really good, and the action is really good, and the suspense is really good. It's almost like a like a Friday the Thirteenth film in parts. Yeah, I really enjoyed the whole vibe. I was I enjoyed it. Yeah, a lot. I did too. And it was creepy. Like there was some really creepy moments. Like very the moment when. The doppelgangers show up and the kid scurries off into that bush. Yeah. That, that's just a very small thing that happens where I was like, oh my God, that's just like, what the hell? That kid just like scurried Things off. Things like, like a- that though too, there's no explanation for why that is. If our explanation for what they are is that they're just people. That yes. also doesn't make sense. But they're missing a part of a... Uh, it's right, a, but that doesn't mean a human can scurry up a tree or it climb up the side of a building. Like, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, the doppelgangers don't behave exactly like us. And it is kind of explained in a one-line way in yeah. this movie. But, yeah, they're, they're a bit too different. Like, yeah, you're right. This kid can scurry up a tree like a monkey. Like, straight up a tree. Like, up to the top. And I was like, hmm... The dad, the doppelganger of the dad is, like, super strong. True. Almost like, like, he can overpower the, the normal dad. So Correct. There's so some how, where did physi- that come from? Yeah, right? there's some physics-y things where you're like, is that because the experiment went wrong? Did it do something? But See, you, you're overthinking it like yeah. I did, and then it's like, oh, wait, 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 I don't need to be thinking about this. But like I say, the... I think it's pretty effective for the until they start explaining. There's, there's actually, I can feel the point in the movie where I kind of started going, oh, okay. It, and it's almost the same as Get Out. Get Out had a really cool build-up and a really spooky, weird thing. And then it got to the hypnotism bit, and I was like, oh. No, no I like the hypnotism bit. Yeah, but well, that's what I didn't like. So that movie did that to me. I went, oh, no. No, mm. I wanted something more than that. And it's not. And the same here. I mean, I was, I kept thinking, so what's the explanation for doppelgangers? Like in my mind, like they're there. So what, what's the explanation? And I was coming up with things as it was going on, but nothing. 
Well, their explanation was to control everybody like puppets. No, I know what it is in the movie, but I, myself, I was like, okay, so this is what this movie is. So so you were trying to apply it to like a real world scenario instead of like alternate universe yeah. idea, which isn't good when you're in a science fiction world and you need to be convinced fully yeah. of what it's te- what the story is telling you is happening. Now, you can have a, a movie like um, The Matrix, where the first part of it is you're watching, you're watching, you're watching, and then all of a sudden somebody's like, it's not real, and you're like, what? And then you're pulled out of that, like it's a trick, and that makes sense. Now you are now you have to buy into the universe they're selling us, right? You saw some real world, now you see the red pill, blue pill version, the Matrix version. What are some other movies that have... Where Alice, in, Alice in Wonderland. No, Alice Wonderland's not the same. That's like a whole other when thing. Once you go down the rabbit hole. Yeah, but I'm talking about like, um, how about uh, Spotless Mind, that one, where you're convinced this is real, real, but then things start falling apart in a weird way. And by then you're comfortable with the real world, and then they introduce you to this weird physics and the weird dynamic of what's really going on, and then you accept it. This one, these movies seem to kind of just like, like you said, they sort of drop you in it. Not in a way that kind of fills in all the gaps. Spotless mind, I can go, oh, it's a weird dream machine. It's like erasing someone parts of their memories. Spoilers. Okay, okay. I can I can get behind that. Uh-huh. And then whatever happens, it's it's in their mind or it's something, you know, a dream world. I get it, I get it, I get it. I'm in, I'm in. And then you go along for the story. This one, it doesn't all it needed was like a few more lines of dialogue, maybe. Just enough. To, like, satisfy me, but I still enjoy it very much. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, I enjoyed it too, but I just feel like it's doesn't, it doesn't, like, the end part is fine, but I wanted a bit more from it. There's a lot of questions to be asked, isn't there? That's the problem. Sure. It's like, so... Now what? Yeah, now what? And also, like... All the time these people have been under there. It doesn't look like anybody's supervising it or anything. They're just there. Yeah, they abandoned it. So there's an opening to the real world. You know, there's openings and, you know, it's, it's tunnels underground. Well, the explanation was, and she said, we were tethered until the tether was broken. Also, yeah. d- that's not fully explained how that happened or when that happened. It is not. That is when... They can. Yeah, we day, didn't explain the tether on, either. The tether is like she explains that they're okay. Here's the deal: create a clone. It's a separate body, but for some reason, when they made the clone of a person that exists, they can't recreate the personality completely separate. So they still share a tethered personality and experience with the person up above. The people who are living in the sewers or down below in the cages or in the wherever they're keeping them are having to experience, like, Christmas morning opening packages up above when they're sitting in a shitty, rotten, probably sewage filled cage. Rabbit-filled. But they know it's supposed to be something different. Because yes. they're feeling it and seeing it or whatever in their mind. So, it's kind of, see, that makes it better for me, just explaining it to myself. <laughs> yeah, and, and what we do see of the tether in action, we see people underneath there towards the end, like... It shows you some people on a roller coaster up above, and then it shows you people down below, like pretending. I mean, they're not pretending; they're experiencing a roller coaster, but there isn't one. So they kind of 
Which is a little another loophole because then that doesn't ever happen anymore, except for the kid. Exactly. And so there's a few. There little, are a lot of loopy. And the reason that bugs us is because we weren't sold the bubble of disbelief or bubble of yeah of belief. We no, they just it. it's just sprung upon you. Yeah. Now, yeah, there's there's a twist. The main twist of the movie, right? Explain the main twist. Which you already knew, but I had no idea. Do we want to explain the main twist? Yeah, because, I mean, we're already done spoilers, and we've said we're spoiling. (laughs) We're in it. We're in it. Yeah. Well, the story is she gets kidnapped, or she walks away from her parents in the beginning. As a child. As a child. And then we see her as a child back with her parents, but then, as we figure out later, when the, the... we can't say the real person, but like the up and the down. So the up is the person who lives up on the surface. The human who's been cloned down beneath. The red version is down beneath. The red version of the little girl and the little girl see each other. And we don't know this until the very end, but they have the red version of the little girl has kidnapped her, chained her up down below. And the doppelganger has gone up above and lived out her whole life instead of the real girl. So the real girl has been trapped in the sewers and in this lab with no people except for the weird doppelgangers and the for odd, the last 30 years. Yeah, the odd disconnected version is living up there with the family. But she's not disconnected. She's she's she good. She's yeah, fine. Yeah, but she hasn't fully got the... No, she's fine. She's had kids. She's got I'm a successful... I'm saying she's fine, but in the way, the, the way this movie works, the way the bottom and the top works, is the doppelgangers haven't fully... Filled it. They need the other one, right? Oh, I don't know they're about the that. Le- less, they're the less evolved version. Oh, I don't know about that. That's I... how it seemed to me. And that's where I was like, so why is she... I mean, she. they say a couple of times that she, she doesn't like being around people. She. What else is it that she's she speaks to? I don't well, think she's less evolved or anything. I think that when you're... No, raised... I'm saying they hinted at it a couple of times that she's not like everybody else. She She's... When she's in the thing and she doesn't want to go to the beach, there's too many people. She didn't want to go to the beach because of people. She didn't go to the beach because she knew that that's where the swap that thing happened. was. But she also, yeah. she, but then when she's talking to a friend, she said that friend. She said to the friend, "I don't really like being around people." She said, "Oh, I, I get that. I can understand that." No, she said, "I don't do talking well." Yeah, so <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like, it is there's a the way the thing works. The way this movie works is there's the up people and the down people. The down people are not... We've seen the down people. We saw them. They're not like us. They look like us, but they don't act like us. So how is her version up there acting exactly like us? Because the one line in the movie that tells you, and she said, we were born different. Yeah, it's... That's that's what I'm saying. (laughs) That's the part where I'm like... And they're both aware of each other when all the others are not aware of one yeah, another. Yeah, that, that's the part where it's like, oh, you just got to take it. But then she brought it. She came up to up above, and she's being raised by two parents who love her and care about her, and so she gets all the nurturing, all the education, all the learning, all the habits. She's being now. If both of them were up there, they both would have been the same. Mm. It's just that below, you get no social. You get nothing of society or culture. You're just running around. Mimicking everything up above, but not knowing anything. So, so yeah, it's, it's pretty it's, out there. It is, but it's fun to talk about. Yeah. So, um, yeah, as far as, like, the movie goes, it has a decent amount of horror, I thought. There was some, like, unnerving images, for sure. Sure. And there is definitely some just straight-up horror movie stuff being stalked, being stabbed, 
you know, being what would happen if, like, you're, you know, you sat with your family and your family turn up at the front door. It's like, oh. <laughs> yeah, it's a little freaky. <laughs> yeah, so there's all that. And I think it was pretty well done. There's definitely some scares that just involved the sound, like being louder. Like, you know what I mean? Like that stuff. Yeah. Jump scare type stuff. But, um, you know, it was definitely like Jordan Peele's seen a lot of horror movies. That's all I can say. Like, he's seen a lot of horror movies, right? Because he, yeah. he emulates a lot of them. He loves them. He even said in the thing. So moving on to the cast, Lupita Nyong'o. I'm going with that. Lupita. Lupita. Lupita Nyong'o. She plays Adelaide Wilson and Red. So she plays, like everybody in this movie, two parts. And I'm quite impressed by that because they're very different parts. Very different. Like, there's, you know, it's fun. It looks fun. There's like the weird, like, version and then there's the normal version. And... Well, but... Everybody... That's not how it actually is. (laughs) No. Um, What do you think of her in it? excellent just really really riveting held my attention endlessly she she, um method acted this apparently according to the extras just for that other part yeah stayed in character as the red character even between takes i mean she did do a little bit of the batman thing but this time it totally makes sense so i i was on board yeah winston duke plays gabe wilson and abraham um, I thought he was really funny. He was pretty funny. There's a part where he's on a boat <laughs> at the beginning where he brings the boat to show the family. He's like, you know, he's dad. And he's kind of like... Do you think he's trying to emulate Griswold with the kids being like, oh... Yeah, there's definitely dad. an element of that where the kid's like... Embarrassed. Yeah, embarrassed. You know, he's just funny. He's dad. He's kind of funny, but God, he's embarrassing. But the, I thought he was quite funny. There was some legitimately funny stuff that he said, you know? Yeah. When the kids said, uh, when he said, you don't need the internet, there's the whole outernet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I really like that. But, um, you know, he's just the embarrassing dad. And then his version of the the doppelganger version is just like a savage. Like, it's, he's like a... Yeah, it doesn't make a lot of sense. He's a bit like the Hulk. He's just coming for you. He's real strong. Maybe, maybe not the Hulk. Maybe Jason Voorhees, you know? <laughs> That's what he reminded me of quite a bit. When he's I was trying to piece together. Was he trying to make it so that each of the doppelganger copies possess part of the other person that the other person can't quite yeah, grasp? I now, think that's the, that was the boy it. couldn't quite do his magic trick, and then his doppelganger can make fire just like happen with his hand. The girl isn't that interested in being a fast runner, and her doppelganger is like lightning fast running and really agile and jumps on the car like a like a star athlete you know what i mean it's like the part of the personality but then what's that say about pull. the dad the dad oh i think i just, he just wanted out. to be a, like tough he's kid. not very tough yeah he, he doesn't isn't. really do much to defend the family in fact at one point she says you're not making the decisions anymore and it totally and when cuts he gets him out of the picture there. when he gets his baseball bat when they turn up and he's like i've got this i've got this and then he goes outside and he hasn't really got this exactly kind of like, uh, they've mm. made him sort of an ineffectual that he's not the brute at all, and yeah. then his doppelganger has only that. So, yeah, only brute. Yeah, so it's the part right. of your personality you can't quite grasp. That's interesting. See, I think we're adding that, but no, that's I think that's interesting. it. <laughs> yeah. Um, Elizabeth Moss plays Kitty Tyler and Dahlia. I, I love Elizabeth Moss. She's from a uh, Mad Men. Yeah, I like her. Um, I've always 
Peggy was one of my favorite characters in Mad Men. She was so she was pretty awesome. She had like a massive character arc if you watch the whole thing. And uh she's good here too, right? Yeah, I mean, I like her and the particular part is when she's the red character and she does that like she's like she's traumatized that her doppelganger husband is getting killed, but then she just turns into this weird joker laugh, but she's making no sound. She's like Yeah, she's just <laughs> Her head kind of tips up, a but little she's bit. breathing like. <laughs> yeah, it's and then creepy. She, her face turns all laughy like, and I was like, "Whoa, shit!" She's creepy as and hell. And when she plays like Kitty Tyler, she's just like the. She's not happy with the husband. She's not happy with her face. She's not. She's no. the you know. Um. So yeah, I, I quite like that, and you know, this movie. You know, you might think it's a race thing because we're following this black family and you, like we said earlier, you know Jordan Peele and the kind of stories he might tell. But then we have this whole thing with the white family, which is like really... That was where we looked at each other and That's said... That's not a fair thing, is it? We're just being... We are just being stupid because no, it's not even reasonable to think that. Not really. I think that... I think he was it's going biased. for that, right? I don't think so. I Playing think that's on a, people's bias. A bias that we're making up and then... What he's really talking about is all of society and culture, and no one's The specific. clue is in the title of the movie. Us. And the U.S. Us and the U.S. Is that what he's saying? I don't know. I'm I think he means that. us as a human race. Remember when, said, remember when he said, they, they said to the doppelgangers, yeah. what are you? And they go, we're Americans. Yeah, but that's her, and she's a real little girl. She's the real person, and she was, had been watching television, so she didn't have a lot of information about who True. she really is. Yeah, the Hands Across America campaign from the 80s <laughs> is part, like, a, a thing in this story. In 1986, rock on, the year that I graduated from high school. Did Thank you, you do the Hands Across America? I did not. Well, shame on you. <laughs> You're one of the people I, in this movie. I didn't do any of the uh, charitable things. All right, so we've got Tim Heidecker, who plays Josh and Tex. I, at first, I, I, wasn't sh- I don't know if I've seen that actor before. What do you think of him? Her, uh, Elizabeth Moss is husband. Oh, totally neutral. Didn't like him. But yeah, I thought he was quite... <laughs> I'm not neutral, I guess. I liked, I really I like liked how hateable he was. Because yeah. he was kind of like... But I don't like that when someone's extra hateable. That's just cartoony. So no, I didn't like it. Yeah, I, I kind of liked that when they were on the beach. And he did... You know, you it could see... It was too much. It was very theatrical. You could see their marriage was kind of really fractured, right? Because he was like, oh... They were just, like, niggling at each other. Yeah, but it was other. too much. No, I kind of liked him. Mm, and when much. he played, when he turned into his doppel, when his doppelganger turned up, he's just a dick. Yeah, he was a complete dick. Uh, Shaddai Wright Joseph plays Zora slash Umbre. These are the two kids, basically, and even Alex plays Jason Wilson and Pluto. And both of them were fantastic. Yeah, I mean, fantastic. The scene where they had to go up the stairs with the golf club, both of them, yeah, to take on those two sisters. Very oh, good. It was awesome. Like they were like. Okay, we're going to do, you know, we're, we're not like really tough kids or anything, but our li- you know, lives are on the line here. We're going to go up these but stairs. But they don't have to say anything. They just look at each other yeah. and then they just go. They deal with all the stuff. And then at one point the dad says to the mom, you're scaring the kids. And they both go, too late. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like it's been a crazy effed up night, dad. Um, movies, uh, yeah, so that's all the people. Movies, um, I was going to say, like, it's not really gruesome or anything like that, is it? Not, not really. No. It's not like... I mean, there's blood, but... Yeah. But it's kind of... We've seen worse. Yeah. So directed by Jordan Peele. Um, you'll know him. He directed Get Out. He's also a comedian. The, he did the 
Key and Peele show. It was in Fargo, actually, um, the TV show. They were really good, him and um, Key, right? I do remember. They were both in Fargo. They sent, they sent them up there, remember? They were cops. Oh, yeah. And they both turned up and yeah. stuff happened. They were them. Pretty cool. Them yeah, they were good in that. And, uh, you know, Jordan Peele's been around for a while, but now he's got into this horror thing and he said he's going to stay in the horror thing. So how do you feel of Jordan Peele as a director? I'm split. I like well, his vibe. Um, oh, that's split a different movie. Split is the other guy. <laughs> I have I have a split opinion. I like the vibe. I like that it ha- gives me feelings. I don't get a lot anymore. I've seen so many movies in my life that's hard to make me truly creeped out. And this movie did creep me out many times. And also the quality of performances. He gets all of that. And I like his vibe when you're watching him in extras and stuff, how he's just really into it. Yeah, he, I like him. I, I just want personally, him. Personally, he seems good. Yeah, I just want better overall stories. You can tell me whatever um, social commentary you want. I'm totally into that. However, the story you're telling me, if it's fictional, science fiction, future fiction, future weirdness, if there's magic involved, I want the story to f- pull me into your world. And I'm totally buying it. And so that the message you're giving me inside of that story, inside of that world, just flows into my head without me sitting there going, oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. That seems a bit off. That seems a bit weird. That's the only thing I would ask is to just fill in those story gaps. Otherwise, and that means just keep making movies. Yeah, I I like him. He's definitely into horror. I mean, you can tell from when he's talking in these extras. Um. So let's move on to the IMDb. And to be fair, he's not the only person who doesn't tell a great story. No. <laughs> I mean, he does tell good stories. It just gets, I don't know, he's kind of sim- a bit. Talking of a split and M. Night Shyamalan, he's kind of getting a similar type of, I'm not talking about a big twist thing, but I'm talking about M. Night Shyamalan also has some varied quality going on. Yeah. Sometimes it's great. Sometimes it, it's a bit hit or miss what he does. So, um... Because, you know, there's cool stuff about Split, right, that we just saw. But yeah. then there's also some like, oh, I wish they wouldn't have done it like that. Well, Split was the older one, right? Not Split, yeah. Uh, Glass. Yeah. Even Split, though. I mean, and yep. he deals in the same kind of genre. So IMDb reviews, at this point in the uh, show, we look at the worst reviews of uh, the movie. We equals you. On... Uh, IMDb, and you'll think, why? Well, if you kind of like this movie, why are you looking at the worst reviews? Well, the worst reviews are always the most. It always shows the most creativity or lack of creativity. But yeah, of people on the internet. <laughs> I think they're wrote by the doppelgangers, actually. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Could be wrote by mine or your doppelganger, actually. So the first uh, one-star review knows better on IMDb is. My wife and I went to see this movie, and I have to say that it was just a silly movie. The entire plot was unrealistic and bland. We actually laughed out loud at the idiotic scenario. The fact that Lupita was handcuffed to a a coffee table and couldn't move an inch was ridiculous. How heavy was the bloody coffee table? Okay, I did think that. I looked at... (laughs) I'm on board with this one comment. 
I looked at my coffee table when I got home and I shook my head. A child could drag my coffee table all over the house. He could even take it upstairs if he wanted. The father was just a soft black man. I'm black, and I couldn't believe it when he dropped the bat in the hand of the clone. He limped around the entire movie, a weak and feeble black man. Oh, and when the family got into the Land Rover and the daughter actually argues about who will drive the vehicle. So... In the middle of being chased by crazy clones, they're actually arguing about who would drive a vehicle. And the father had an injured left knee. He could have driven the vehicle, but he instead sits his weak-ass self in the passenger seat. The daughter actually drives the vehicle. So in a desperately dangerous situation, a 12-year-old will drive a very capable Land Rover. Utter nonsense, Get Out was far better. (laughs) Sounds like this guy just has a problem with the weak dad. But here's what I like is that he's given you specific reasons why he didn't like it. This is what I usually dislike about these reviews is that, or comments, is that they just say, worst movie ever, want my money back, whatever, want my life back. But this guy's telling you, so I respect that. The next one-star review says, This is the worst thing I've seen all year. There isn't a story. All this movie wants you to do is go on the internet and read about 75 million different theories people have about it. I mean, that's an angle. (laughs) What the fuck? Biggest hype ever. Absolutely one of the most boring films I've seen in a long time. It's trying to be smart and original, but it totally fails. It's not enough for movies to be original these days. They also have to be entertaining. This movie is definitely not scary. It's just silly and not in a good way. Not entertaining. I disagree. I think it was very entertaining. I'm so sad this film was so rubbish. All the actors and actresses were great, but it was a slow film, pointless, no meaning, and beginning. (laughs) Damn. (laughs) The audience was laughing as it was such a joke. People fell asleep and then woke up. There was also only 20 minutes worth of action, and that was where they were getting attacked. I felt it was boring, a joke, and was trying to be funny. If it was a joke and trying to be funny, then that's good, right? <laughs> yeah. But again, they're giving you a little bit of specific, not not digging real deep, but there's least something there that you can get your teeth into about why they didn't like it. Um, I'm this, supporting these. This movie had great potential until the last 25 minutes when it got bizarre. This will be Peel's worst movie of his long, bright future. <laughs> Definitively. I've decided this will be. The worst movie. That's quite a statement. I wanted a refund. This movie had no plot, no character development, and no point. Movies of this caliber usually have gratuitous visuals to make up for it, but this had nothing to offer otherwise. I would have walked out of the movie. (laughs) I would have. But? But I didn't. (laughs) But I didn't. I'm, I'm I'm unsatisfied by not knowing whether he walked out or not. I hung in there. I don't think he did. He or she. This is more of a comedy than a horror movie. So many question marks around the story. True. True. But not enough information. Um, there's a lot of the... I find on all with all IMDb bad reviews, there's always at least... I only looked the first few pages, but there's always at least 10 reviews that, that start with, I've lost two hours of my time. Oh, yeah. Copycat. It's the, yeah. It's the doppelganger effect. <laughs> I'm going to doppelgang what you've said. Over and over and over. Is that a verb? Doppelganging? Um, 
and I'll finish on this one. Terrible storyline and acting. Couldn't wait for it to end. <laughs> you didn't have to. <laughs> you like here's, here's the deal. You have a choice. You could have. You, you can make the ending anytime you want. <laughs> yeah, and then make it up in your mind. You could even make up your own ending. Yep, that's how it works. There's a tip. Movie going tip. The ending can be. You don't even have to start it. <laughs> It can be... But you'll never know how much you hate it unless you start it. And then once you hate it, turn it off. You can just look at the cover and go, the end. Or are you watching it just so you can go on IMDb and be credible about how much you hated it? So that's the IMDb reviews for this week. Thank you, everyone, for your contributions. Movie recommendations. I am going with the uh, kid in this movie wore a Jaws t-shirt the entire time. Okay. I'm going with the movie Jaws, which is... Funny that I didn't even notice that. I know you did not. It's one of the first things I noticed, as well as his... It is a Chewbacca mask from the 80s. Yeah, that I knew. Yeah, he wears a Chewbacca mask and also wears a Jaws t-shirt. And also says, it's a trap. Yeah, so I'm going (laughs) with Jaws, which is one of the greatest suspense films of all time. I'm going with that. That's my... You're sticking with that story. Yeah. Okay. I'm also going with a movie that terrified me with a doppelganger um, scenario going on. And it's from 1978. It's called Invasion of the Body Snatchers with Donald Sutherland. Remember that one? I don't remember it specifically, but I remember that it exists. I remember that I was probably too young to watch it. It was on BBC One. I was in the room on my own, and apparently I was watching it. Probably not supposed to. Naughty. And when it was over, I I, I had to go to bed, and I was like, I probably shouldn't have watched that movie. I'm actually scared. So it's probably not actually scary at all. (laughs) But as a kid, you know, you get that feeling, don't you? Oh my, I don't know. No, the only thing I was ever afraid of, really, was the aliens coming to take me away. Well, I was terrified. <laughs> I was terrified of that, and I saw. I told you, I saw The Exorcist way too young, and that terrified now, me. Now, exercise, 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 <laughs> and The Exorcist both terrify me. It made me, mm, don't know if I, was, I never had nightmares about things, but it made me watching other movies that were demon related or religious related more tuned in to like, you know, yeah, that feeling. So I am going with Jaws and Invasion of the Body Snatchers 1978. All right. Oh, I didn't put mine on here, but they're on here. They're on this other thing. We have spread. I have a spreadsheet and we have a little thing that we look at on the computer. So we know exactly what to say to people. We are puppets of the doppelgangers. Someone else is writing these for us. I'm sure mine are, and this is only because as I was driving and uh, up to a party this weekend for with some friends, I was looking at the sky and it was this really crazy blue because it had been storming and it was raining ahead of me. It had been raining behind me. It's like a three-hour drive. And the sky had the exact right clouds where I could envision the good morning, good afternoon, and good night, Mr. Truman. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so Truman Show. And... Then I was trying to think of something that has is so weird, unexpected. You can question the quality of it occasionally, I suppose, but I just love it. So it's one of those shows I like to experience. I look forward to, again, is American Gods. I think it's just really weird. It's like Twin Peaks. You know, you know I just when I'm in it, I'm like, I'm in. I'm invested in this weird world. Guess what? Coming back. There was a new season of it that's already all aired, and we have it all ready to go. Oh, dear. I'm nice. I thought I would wait until it was all over so we could watch it all in a big chunk. Nice. I'm in. Yeah. Yeah, it's a cool show, that. If you've not seen it, 
It's a. Uh, I mean, I've to, seen it. It's very mm-hmm. hard to explain what it is, but that's why I love it because you're just like what? Yeah. What? Also, like preacher. Yes. Preacher also. has very that like holy shit. What's TV doing to me now? It's like I'm watching the show that's blowing my mind. And I, again, I'm not definitively saying it's super high quality for everyone, but for me, it's like yeah, I can't wait to see what the next weird thing is that happens. Jesus, take the wheel. Yeah, one of my God. favorite. Explain <laughs> what, what happened. Did explain Jesus the scenario. The <laughs> well, we have a preacher who used to be a bad boy. Now he's a preacher, and he gets into his truck, and his steering wheel is missing. And his ex girlfriend, who's kind of a wild, rowdy young lady, walks up, I believe, with the steering wheel in her hand, and says, "What happened? Did Jesus take the wheel?" It's one of the best lines <laughs> in any. If you're not familiar with country music, <laughs> you might be like, "Why is that funny?" There's a song called "Jesus Take the Wheel." Yeah. By Carrie Underwood, I believe. I mean, it's so such a good line. We and saw she's it so like, snotty about it. Yeah, I just we saw it like it. two years ago and still <laughs> reference it now. Like It's really funny. It was. All right, so um, let's move on to A. Scully stuff. It was E3 this week. E3. Great. Did you watch E3 with me? Great. Uh, no. Don't sound too appealed by it. <laughs> I mean, I guess I get, I get why you're interested in it. I just you only get why I'm interested in it. No, I mean because I love you and I understand your affliction, <laughs> your affliction for video games. <laughs> I get it, but then I try to apply your enthusiasm for that to my enthusiasm for anything that I do. And would I go to a three-day um, conference for photography? No. Would I go to a three-day conference not a show or a display necessarily but a conference for like the latest art supplies in the world probably not would i go to one about gardening probably not because it sounds awful well it looks i will awful it's I, like people and noise and all these expectations and when you could just literally as you do they could put it all out there online oh <laughs> so, i wouldn't go to it either but i would watch it yeah yeah let me say your enthusiasm for it this year was quite good, though. You watched the whole Bethesda I did. Um, with me, and then you actually fell asleep during the square one. Correct. <laughs> so you did, you did all right. <laughs> um, I almost fell asleep during the square one, so don't, don't take that personally. <laughs> square. Or do. Anyway, E3 started with Microsoft. I'm just going to go through. This isn't everything. It's just things that caught my eye. And you know what? It was a weird year because... There wasn't a ton of stuff that caught my eye. And you know me, I'll, I'll, I like a lot of stuff. You're in love with it all. So uh, Microsoft had a two-hour press conference. They announced some games. One called The Outer Worlds, which was uh, it looked a lot like Borderlands. It's a RPG shooter running around the desert, like, you know, Mad Maxi type thing. Looked kind of cool. Uh, they had a game called Bleeding Edge which was a, it's something like, it's one of those, it's by Ninja Theory, the people who um, made, ooh, they made a lot of games, Ninja Theory. But Microsoft bought them, and now they're making a, it looked like an online fighting game, kind of battle royale type thing. And it had like a really cool art style. They also announced Minecraft Dungeons. That You know what? Like Minecraft came out and there hasn't really been another Minecraft game in the Minecraft series. This is a 
RPG made using Minecraft, and it's official Minecraft licensed. So it looks like Minecraft, but you're actually playing a game. So they're just trying to capitalize on all the people who have been in love with Minecraft since they were five years old. Well, they did buy the whole Minecraft brand, so they got to do something with it, right? Hmm. And then there was like a survival horror game that they announced. And, you know, the trailer started and I was like, oh, this looks like Silent Hill. Or maybe it's Alan Wake. Like, maybe it's a new Alan Wake game. But then the... You know, you see it, you're going in this haunted cabin, and it looks really interesting. And then at the end, it's the Blair Witch game. (laughs) So I was like, Blair Witch game? Is that still a thing? Yeah, is that still a thing? This is how not a thing it is. I said to you, do you remember that Blair Witch 3 that we watched last year? (laughs) And you went, no. (laughs) I said, well, we reviewed it. We did a podcast. I'm not a good reference for that, though. We also did a podcast. I could have watched it yesterday and been like, we watched it when? Yeah, exactly. Um, So, yeah, there's a Blair Witch game coming. It looks really cool. It's like a cross between Resident Evil and Silent Hill. And I dig that kind of thing. And then, like, one of the best games at the show, I think. Unfortunately, they didn't show much of it. Um, They just showed you another trailer. And it's CD Projekt Red's Cyberpunk 2077. Now, this is a game that's been in development for about five years. It's from the people who made The Witcher. And it is a shoot-em-up... RPG set in a cyberpunk in the year 2077. And it's that kind of cyberpunk where, like, say there's you as a person or in the world and you want, like, I'm not strong enough, you can actually go and get your limbs altered. Or, like, or you can, you know, I want to be a supermodel, they can make you look like one. It's like a... Got it. It's implants and all that kind of cyborg stuff and you know bionic eyes bionic arms and it's a really well realized looking world and the big surprise of it was they've been showing this game for three or four years basically and it's one of those games where every time i see it i'm like this will never it's never going to come out we're just never going to see it now it's got a release date april 2020 and the big reveal was at the end of the trailer we've seen many trailers of this game um, the a character takes his hood down and it turns out to be Keanu Reeves in the game. And then Keanu Reeves comes out onto the stage to talk about the game. So, you know, Cyberpunk 2077 is going to have Keanu Reeves in it, which you might think is good, and some people are not fans of Keanu Reeves. You said it's a bit one note, right? Well, I mean... I think he might be good in Cyberpunk 2077. 2077 you know, right, crazy. I just think it's a bit disloyal to be like, all shiny things make y'all you go, ooh, Keanu Reeves, instead of like, ooh, what a good game. So that's what I, that's so, my interpretation. That's one of my games of the show, Cyberpunk 2077. I, I've, for the last three years, I've been like, wow, this game just looks amazing. I, I'm looking forward to it. But Keanu Reeves really put you over the edge. Keanu Reeves, uh, uh, Keanu Reeves. <laughs> Keanu Reeves didn't sell me more on it. I was good. already completely sold on it. Okay. The next game is Microsoft Flight Simulator. Remember that old crusty chestnut? It's an oldie. Yeah, it is. Well, Microsoft Flight Simulator 2020 is coming out. So finally, they're going to revamp it. If you're a Flight Simulator fan now, you're playing a game from 10 years ago. <laughs> it really needs like an update. It's like, you know, the people who are like nuts and they have like, a whole aircraft fuselage, and they have the PC attached to it, and they sit in the house. No, I, I'm not aware of this. Yes, so. there are many people. You know, like the people who do the racing games, and they've got a whole cockpit, and they sit in Yeah. It. Yeah, there are people who do Flight Simulator, and they're playing, they're literally playing a game from 10 years ago. It doesn't look very nice. 
It's not very, you know, it doesn't make you feel like you're flying a plane. Well, finally, they're going to get a new flight simulator. It's been long overdue. Microsoft also announced that they bought Tim Schafer's company, Double Fine, and he will finally be putting out Psychonauts 2, which is was a cool platforming game from back in the original Xbox era. And it's finally getting a sequel. There's also Lego Star Wars The Skywalker Saga. It's all nine movies in the Lego style, all in one, on one disc. How good will that be? All nine movies. Don't know until I see it. Well, you know how the Lego Star Wars games go. They're really cool, always. Yeah, but you said they're getting kind of boring. Yeah, but this this is going to contain all of the Skywalker. So they've dangled some more shiny stuff in front of you. You're like, oh, now I like it again. I would totally purchase. I know. There's also this really interesting game called 12 Minutes. And it's it's a, a game. Listen to this for a scenario. Takes place... It's, Why, did I fall asleep at the show? <laughs> you didn't watch Microsoft. So true, it's, true. So you're looking down on a room. Well, it's actually not just a room. It's an apartment. Let's say this house from above. You're okay. looking down at the living spaces. And there are, there's a, a couple, and they're going about their life. And the game's called 12 Minutes. And within the 12 minutes, watching them do go about their life, you're not controlling them. They're just going about stuff. Um there's a time loop element. Every 12 minutes, the time loops again. And you can, like, determine what they do. Like, the first time something might happen, you can stop it happening the second time. So it's like you're watching this relate. It's actually a relationship between the, this couple. And it looks like there might be a murder mystery involved. But you're, every 12 minutes, it resets. And you can then alter the way the second play goes by by the information you've learned from watching the first one i've never really seen anything like it, it looks really interesting to me and it's from above and it's really cool animation Sounds to me like exactly like that other one except it was a different scenario which one time something time loop death loop oh yeah you get the opportunity over and over and over and over yeah and but over not to make different no decisions. it's not it's a, di- it's a totally different kind of thing i know sam but the the concept is the same you see a scenario play out by making choices and then boom it resets and you get to make different choices to get a different outcome to get an ultimate outcome right yeah uh gears of war 5 they announced it'll be out in september that old chestnut yeah gears of war 4 was pretty disappointing i thought um i like the trilogy the first three and then the fourth one came out, and they they completely used all new characters, and it just it didn't feel the same. It just felt like they were just making some more of it. And this fifth one, from the trailer I saw, it didn't do anything more than that fourth one did. So I, I'm I'm on the fence about it until it comes out. Dying Light Two they showed, which is a zombie game. Uh, imagine Mirror's Edge, first person parkour type game, yeah, but with zombies. Okay. Uh, Forza, yeah, that was the pitch in the boardroom. Imagine Mirror's Edge with zombies. Yeah, it's pretty much that. Um, Forza Horizon 4 Lego Edition. It actually, they actually announced that at the show, and now it's out. If you own the season pass for Forza, you can see it and play it. It's a Forza with Lego cars and the Lego world, and it is really, really fun, and it looks amazing. It looks just like real Lego cars running around in in the world. Um, that was a surprise to everybody, and they released that the same week. 
Fantasy Star Online 2, which is a massive Sega game that's been out for a while in Japan. Years, actually. But there was never an English version of it. Well, that is coming to Xbox, and it's going to be free to play. That'll be coming out next year. That's like... Fantasy Star Online was a game from the Dreamcast era. Some people say it was the only reason to own a Dreamcast, because it had a modem in the Dreamcast, and you could actually play Final Fantasy... Yeah, you could actually play an online game. That's the modem. And back then, online console games just weren't a thing. Like, the Dreamcast was way ahead of its time. So that is coming next year. I remember picking up your Dreamcast. Yeah, I still have it. You do? <laughs> you do? <laughs> it's, uh, that is funny. Dreamcast is one of the best consoles. It has some superb games. Remember, there's some awesome games on that thing. Like Resident Evil Code Veronica. The fighting one I enjoyed playing with you. That was uh, Soul Calibur. Correct. Yeah, crazy taxi there was Hi. just cool games on it we played a lot of different games um so then borderlands 3 we all know about that one it's a new borderlands game doesn't look like it reinvents anything it's just more shooting and more looting uh then they announced a new game called elden ring which looks like an rpg and it's written by george rr R. martin um so that's the big selling point for it he wrote some Outer Limits from the 90s. He did. And yeah, he was a TV writer in the 90s before he started writing novels. Um, and then he wrote that thing called Game of Thrones. So, uh, and then finally, um, Xbox announced their new console. It's called the Xbox Scarlet. That's its code name. It's going to be the most powerful console in the world. Mm-hmm. 8K graphics and 120 frames per second on games. <laughs> and it will be out. The release date was the final thing they finished their conference with. It will be out holiday 2020. Right. There's holiday. no there's no price for it. But I'm guessing at $700. What do you reckon? Seven, oh, no. 500 to 700, something like that. It's going to be expensive. 8K graphics and 120 frames a second. That doesn't come cheap. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that was Microsoft's press conference. Then we watched Bethesda. And you actually watched all of Bethesda. Yeah. And your, your complaint about Bethesda was it was all shooting. Yeah. And then I it said to you, but, but they're the people who invented the shooter. So that's kind of their thing. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like... That's but it's just much. constant, and it's really fast. It's like they're training people to be like, oh, yeah, well, it's great. Very fast, high frame rate. I am not their target market. Is their thing? They showed uh, Doom Eternal. I love Doom. It's just so cool. It's like a, it's just a like uh, turn off your mind and shoot some demons kind of game. And they also showed Wolfenstein Youngblood, which will be out in about two weeks, I think. What else did they show? They showed a bunch of mobile games, which yeah, that was a bit of a turnoff. It was a bit boring. I thought it was a bit cheesy. Also, they started with the big stuff and then led into their cell phone games, which all looked kind of like super boring. Well, they just looked like every other cell phone game, yeah. didn't they? Like, I oh. just don't like cell phone games anyway. Here's but. a here's a card collecting game, and here's a like shitty version of um, the Elder Scrolls, but it's on your phone. Nah. <laughs> So um, next up, that was it for Bethesda. It was kind of cool because they um, they messed up last year with Fallout 76. People didn't like Fallout 76. And 
um, they kind of came on and said, "We're You're making ca- a crackly sound again." We're going to make um, Fallout 76. You're making a typing sound. I know, I'm done. Well, it's different than you sitting there crackling. <laughs> um, they said that Fallout 76, were, you know, they're going to fix it. And they said they're going to fix it for free. And what did they show? They showed like a Battle Royale mode for Fallout that will be free. And they also showed that they're adding a new storyline which will introduce characters back into the world instead of it being so empty. That was the problem people had with Fallout 76. The whole world is completely empty because a nuke has gone off and you've been in a sealed up in a bunker and when you come out, there's just you and the wilderness, nobody else. People didn't like that. They wanted to meet people along the way and have stories and interesting things. Well, they've listened to the fans and they put in stories and interesting people back in the game, which I think is good. Then Ubisoft were up. I think this is game of the show, Watch Dogs Legion. It's the third Watch Dogs game. What did I tell you about this one? You can play as anybody in the world. Mm. It's a really interesting concept. Never seen it done before. You don't pick a hero at the beginning and make you know create your character and be that character, or you just forced one on. In it's set in post Brexit London, so Ubisoft are assuming that when Brexit doesn't happen, the world goes to shit and everything's bad. And all of the people in London are going to rise up against the government and take the place back. And you can play as... They said there's a thousand player characters in the world. You can be any of them. If if you're one of them and that one dies, that one's dead forever. You have to pick another one. But you could be like an old granny, which they did show in the trailer. Or you could be like a kung fu expert or a soccer player. Or, you know, it shows you all the different... There's lots of different... There's a flower shop owner and a, you know, who would you like to be in the post, in the oh. Watch Dogs world? No, I'm not, I'm not, not a Watch Dogs kind of guy. Let's kind say of an guy. artist, like a lady who paints pictures. I would not play a game that requires fighting with everyone. So um, you can be anybody and it's, it looked, the way the trailer, it's not a trailer actually, they showed gameplay, so they're not kind of bullshitting about what they're doing. It's just so epic and like every person, all these people in the world, the thousand people, they've all got different voice acting, different voice actors, and they've all got missions of their own. When you when you you can't just be a person, you have to like recruit them. So you're you have to be a person, find the other person, and then recruit them. And when you recruit them, you actually live you do their origin mission which shows you what job they do. Like, So say you find like some weird guy and you're like, I don't know who he is. You go and recruit him. Turns out he's like a, you know, an MI5 agent. He might be like James Bond. You might have found him in the world. And then it'll show you his like, little backstory and you'll play through it. And then you can recruit him and be him. But if he dies during your, you using him, he's gone. Like, So it's about finding a really cool team, whether it be a team of old grannies from the park or... You know, a team of cool cinema owners, let's say. can be anything, whatever's in the world. So that's Watch Dogs Legion. It's not out until 2020, unfortunately. Ghost Recon Breakpoint was up next. It's a new Ghost Recon game. It stars Mr. John Bernthal, who you will know from The Punisher. He came out on the stage with his dog. It was really funny. Oh, he's also from the other show. Walking Dead. Yeah. He came out on the stage with his dog, and his dog just, like, there's, you know, you know how big those conferences and how many people are in there. Yeah. Room. His dog just 
lay down on the stage and went to sleep. He said, and he said, hi, everybody, I'm John, and that's my dog. Mm-hmm. And the dog's asleep. And then he's just telling you about the game. It looks really good. It's Ghost Recon, Tom Clancy. Um, and he's the ultimate bad guy in it. And you're going to have to take him down. Um, they also showed Rainbow Six Quarantine, which for the first time, it looks like they're making a... They're usually like pretty realistic Tom Clancy games. But this Rainbow Six Quarantine looks like a Rainbow Six game with zombies. Um, like there's been a big you know, mishap and uh, people are turning to, into the undead. So that should be the game that Mr. Um, Bernthal is in. They also made it, they've also got a game called Roller Champions, which is a roller derby game. You might have seen me playing it, Ace. Um, did you see me playing the Roller Champions game? No. It's, uh, you know, Roller Derby? Yes. It's that. <laughs> Who doesn't know what Roller Derby is? Well, some is? don't. Uh, it's an American yeah. thing, I'm assuming. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah. Um, so it's Roller Derby. It's two. It's three versus three. It's an online game. It's very simple. You, you're skating around an oval. You get the ball. And the Roller Derby rules are like, you get the ball, and then you skate around with the ball. And, and if you keep the ball... You get one point, you get two point, then you get three point, then you have to throw it in the hole. Well, it's that, but online. And it's really colourful, and you can play a demo of it now. It's on Uplay. And finally, from the team who brought you Assassin's Creed Odyssey, there's a new game called Gods and Monsters, which is based around Greek mythology. It looked interesting in a cartoony kind of style. Then there was the Square Enix conference, which Sid Talk fell asleep during. Um, it was full of Japanese RPGs, wall-to-wall Japanese RPGs. If you love them, there was one for you there. There was at least 20. You remember? It was just... That's why you fell asleep, right? Probably. It, it was... Uh, well, they started off with Final Fantasy VII Remake, which is also a Japanese RPG, but it's the one everybody wants. That looked kind of cool. You watched that, right? Mm, not sure. Final Fantasy, guy with a big sword, fighting a robot. Mm, Yeah. Pretty cool. I mean, I'm not into any of that, so it kind of just leaves my brain pretty quick. Well, I will say it looked pretty cool. Um, Final Fantasy VII was the first Final Fantasy game I ever played. I don't have really, like, fond ties to it. It's not essential that I play it. But it did look cool. I mean, it's been remade fully from the ground up. Then there was a bunch of RPGs, which I couldn't name, Tales of This and something of that. There's a bunch of them. And then at the end, they unveiled the Avengers game, which was what I was interested in seeing. And it looked... not I didn't, I didn't like it. Um, first off, it's Marvel's The Avengers. Second off, they're not using the likenesses from the movie. What's all that about? Does that interest you? Which one? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to get lost in the gaming stuff. Oh, I'm... Sid talks about it. She's very interested in this. <laughs> well, <laughs> Not 100%. I've heard it. Obviously, she's not listening at all. I'm so. not, not listening at all. Just the last bit. What game are you talking about? The Avengers. Right? Marvel's The Avengers. Yeah. Why I was saying what you weren't listening to was <laughs> that this Avengers game does not use the likenesses of the people from the movies. Right. So they look very weird. Like, I don't know who they're based on, but they don't look... I was looking at it and going, it's made by Marvel. Why can't you just use, like, the people that we know? Why do they all have to look different? Aren't they from the comics? No, it's not the ones from the comics. It was confirmed. They just made some faces up. Right. And it just put me off. It was like, if I'm going to be Tony Stark, I want him to 
look like what I think Tony Stark is. Not like a guy. It just looks like a guy. Anyway, maybe that'll change before it comes out. Maybe they'll backlash and they'll change it. And then finally, I looked at a Nintendo's conference. They've got Zelda Breath of the Wild 2, which is probably the biggest announcement they made there. Animal Crossing 3, I guess. You like Animal Crossing, mm-hmm. I think. I mean, you know, limited. You like a bit of KK Slider. Limited, yeah, definitely. Uh, and a bit of, what's he called? Do you pay the Tom Nook? No, Tom Nook, what a jerk. Tom Nook's an asshole. <laughs> he really is. <laughs> what a jerk, that guy. And they also showed off Luigi's Mansion 3, which is like, it's like a spin-off from the Mario scenario. You're in a haunted house, but you're playing as Mario's brother, oh, uh, Luigi. Did you say Mario scenario? Yep. Dun-dun-dun. But you're playing as Mario's brother, Luigi, and he's going through a haunted house. You know, it's cool. Hmm. So that was E3, my games of the show, Watch Dogs 3, and Cyberpunk 2077. Um, I also I would also recommend Forza 4 Lego, which is out now. Um, but there is a lot of cool stuff, but it was a weird year because Sony didn't turn up at all. EA didn't. EA announced a new Star Wars game. Again, it looked kind of bland and generic, unfortunately. But it is EA, and they are evil, as we know. <laughs> Damn. So, that was E3 for this. That's all of E3 stuff. So, Siddharth, what's for dinner? Oh, it's been a long time since we've run any other topic. <laughs> dinner tonight will be quarn, Q-U-O-R-N, beef in quotation marks. <laughs> we're vegetarian. It's like, um, That's why I'm telling you why we're in supper. Yeah. Be- Veggie beef tips. But they're not, they're plant-based, mycoprotein, and they're delicious. And we're going to make them with gravy and peas all together and then french fries out of the freezer. And what is your advice? My advice, I, I, I did this yesterday for myself. So I'm living the dream. I'm living my advice. Went to a party. Oh, and to, okay, this week I've been to a funeral, a baby shower, and a party celebrating someone having gotten over cancer so you know that's life in a bundle right there like illness birth and death all in one week and then this part and each time i go like i went to the funeral i sat in the very 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 back as far back as i could get it was a small funeral home didn't really interact with anyone other than my mother and her man who it was his son sadly who died in a horrible 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 wreck so it's very traumatic and i know of course his children other children and talked with them for a minute or two but then i Push myself to the back, sit at the back, be in the back. My sister came temporarily, and then one of his granddaughters, who I'm very pretty close to, came back with her little girl, who was a little bit fussy. We kind of hid in the back together. Stay in the back, stay in the back. Interact as little as possible, and then get out, right? Get out. <laughs> Went to the baby shower, interacted. Hi, hi, hi. Oh, that's cute, that's cute. Chit-chatted with my cousin, who's also like my best friend. She's two weeks younger than me, so we're very close in age. And her sister, who are also very close in, very close, and a few other people sitting at the table in the back, far from the action, not in the middle, not mixing in, not joining in the games. I'm in the back in my little bubble of, I'll chit-chat with you, chit-chat with you. I won't really put myself, you know, full in, all in. (laughs) And then I went to the party, and I was like, and also, this is what I was doing also. I usually hide behind my camera, or my, you know, in the past I've just had little point and shoot cameras then got a smartphone and now i have two nikon sort of like you know not professional cameras but 
you know, you change the lenses and all that fancy shit. So I will go to an event or a thing and I'm behind the camera. Everyone knows Sid takes the pictures. Sid takes the pictures. So I can slide around and do my thing and not interact and be protected with my little security blanket, which is my camera. I can even just look like I'm doing that when in fact that's just a barrier so that people don't approach me or chit chat with me too much. So that kind of pushes me to the back, even if it's just in theory, I may be in front of everyone, but I can still feel slightly invisible. So I decided I'm not taking the camera in at the baby shower. I'm not taking the camera into the party. I will have it at the ready if I need it, or if I have a good photo opportunity, obviously I don't want to miss that because like their daughter sings live music and you know, I didn't know everyone there, but what I did was I did kind of sit in the back, but not Mm hundred percent. I made the effort. There was this group of older ladies sitting over there and I had my lawn chairs, outdoor party, you know, and, uh, I walk over to him. I said, well, you ladies are looking lonely. How about if I sit with you all? Which is not characteristic for me. Me, I would go to the back. There's a tree behind them. I would be leaning on the tree, right? Leaning against my car, which was also parked behind them and just observing, And then feeling very, 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 very self-conscious and not wanting to engage. I sat with this lady. So where are you ladies from? And how far did you come? And da, da, da. Because I can make small talk. I don't always enjoy it. But I made the effort to listen, to actually, you know, engage with conversation. And that was fun. And then some other people sat right next to me. We're kind of forming a circle around the outside of the opening of this big giant garage they have where the band is live from the inside. And this older gentleman and a lady sit next to me and then on with the circle. And um, the guy said, the older man said, now, do I know you? To me. And I said, I don't think so. And I said, I looked at him and said, are you a doofer? Which is uh, his last name. Turns out, yes. He's the father of a guy who's in my class. We get to chit-chatting. He also happens to be a relative. And I happen to have my genealogy page on my phone. So I show him that, engaging him with that, chit-chatting with him and his wife, and then the two older ladies around. And to make this long story short, I kind of made the effort all evening not to just shove myself to the back, not to hide behind my camera, but to be engaged fully, enjoy the music, enjoy conversation. If somebody chit-chats with me or asks me who I am or small town stuff, they're going to ask you, who do you belong to? So who are you from? You know, meaning your parents or your grandparents. And often I push myself out of that so I don't even have to engage at all unless I'm in charge of the event, which I was not. I also made the effort not to bring any food, not to bring anything where I would have to be engaged with like the operations of the party. I was just there like a normal guest. (laughs) Now, this may sound really weird to everybody. You're probably thinking like, what's wrong with you? Of course, you just go to a party and you talk. No, no, no. That's not how I've ever been. Ever. Unless I'm drinking a lot, which I also was not. I had like one beer, one and a half beers. Because it started raining like crazy and we left everything sitting outside. But that's a whole other story. But so my advice is to sum all that up. (laughs) Oh, you've already deleted it. You deleted my advice. Yeah, I have, yeah. Um, so it made me uncomfortable. No, I've got it on my spreadsheet. Um, so it's uncomfortable for me to just be in an event with people. I feel very pressurized. I feel suffocated. I feel like, uh, uh, oh, like my head is going to explode because first of all, I don't give a shit about what most people have to say. That is the truth. And this time I was like, okay, I will engage in conversation where I may steer it a bit. Yes. 
But I'm interested in what they're going to tell me and what they're going to say because I'm kind of trying to baby steps, you know? (laughs) I'll engage in a long conversation that isn't just about me, which is rare. Trust me. Because talking about myself is also a security blanket so that I don't have to listen to other people talk about themselves. This is all very therapeutic for me. So my advice is to be uncomfortable. If you don't like sitting, if you don't like going to parties, if you don't like sitting at the front desk at a class, if you don't like going to the front of the class in your water aerobics or whatever it is, just do it once. Whatever your reasons are, it's it's probably all in your head. So baby steps though, just be uncomfortable. And then by the end of the night, I was actually exhausted. I had smiled at people, which is also uncharacteristic of me. I was pleasant. <laughs> I joined the group at the end. The group gets smaller and smaller, you know, as a big party winds down. You get the music's done. Cleanup is happening. You get this, like, ten people now in the group and then seven or whatnot. And I got in the group and I wasn't just sitting there, like, looking around, like, when's this going to be over? I was actually interested in what they were saying and they asked me questions. I'm involved. And so, and it was very uncomfortable at first. But the whole of the day and evening kind of wore me down a bit. I told the the guy who's my friend who was giving the party at the end, he goes, are you tired? You look tired. I said, I'm just peopled out. I'm done. <laughs> my face is tired of smiling. I don't, I just feel like I haven't had any like, you know, respite. Um, I did walk around the property and take some cool pictures of stuff, flowers, birdhouses that they have. They have cool stuff on their property. So that was my one minute here and one minute there of like, <sighs> you know, Instead of drinking a six-pack of beer or a gallon of vodka, I decided I'll just take my little breaks, come in and out. And so my advice is to be uncomfortable, at least as, as best as you can, and it will you can build on that. All right. So you can catch us on aschoolie.com. That's called you go a long story long. I, heard, I told you everything you needed to know about this podcast at the beginning of the show. You can also catch Sid Talk on Instagram, look at her pictures, mm-hmm. email feedback to me at aschoolyaschoolie.com, and um, stay classy, Mr. Jordan Peele. He's very classy, i got to say. He's very... He, he, does, does, a, he does a fine job. High he quality. Does. He's a good voice, also. Just need to, you know, work on that storytelling. And I'm going to say, think for yourself. If you don't, someone will do it for you. 